welcome to Tanked Up, the podcast all about craft beer and video games. I'm your host, Adil, and I'm joined by Lucy. Hello. And that's Hello. it. It's just the two of us. Uh, make it if we try. Yep. Classic. Um, yeah, so it's... Uh, we're benless for this episode, um, but those of you on Twitch, you might get a Ben in the se- recording the second episode. Um... Well, let's just start, crack on with some beers. Lucy, what do you got for us? Um, I have a West Coast IPA from Polly's. Um, it's called Island in the Sun. It's 5.7%. Um, have a look if I can see any hops that they put in it. Um, no, it's just oats. Uh, Polly's tend to use oats in a lot of their beers. Um, Three tops doesn't exactly say any specific one, so yeah, it's just a West Coast IPA, I guess. Nice. Polly's crank out so many beers. On, I'd be surprised if they had the time to like fancily name know, things. The whole yeah, like tasting notes and stuff like that play with it. So yeah, I don't think there's anything on this. Um, we also I feel like the past year and a half, two years, we've had a drop in flavor text as well. Mm, yeah. Like it used to be uh, we, half the episode would be us reading the novels that the, the brewers put on the tins, um, and now uh, I, I often find that it, it's like one of our six beers. <laughs> yeah. That's um, why the other week when you read out yours, that was very flowery language. It was like oh yeah, what well, was I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember which one that was. It was like on yeah. on the notion of drinking beer itself, let alone the beer that was on yeah. the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, I can't remember which one it was. It wasn't I can't the either. Brewery uh, de Molin, or was it? It wasn't that one, was it? I no, think I it was. Think that so. doesn't sound like their style. They have flavor text, but not not something that's written like Chaucer or whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah. It's, but as I say, they crank out so many of these beers. It's like. But oh, how would you keep track? But yeah, it's consistent quality, which is oh yeah, surprising. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah they, they haven't dropped it. That's for sure. And the, these are like how it used to be, like cloud water and stuff like that. I barely see cloud water these days um, in the places. Yeah, but they, it seems like Polly's has taken that kind of role. Yeah, I only life, wish. Anyway. That um, Polly's did more of the weird experimental stuff that um, Cloudwater did. Yeah, a um, lot of IPAs and not a lot else. To be fair. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's the West Coast. So, yeah, yeah, and it's a but... it's a good variety. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, anyway, uh, I on the other hand, I'm still going getting through the Garden Brewery collab series, uh, mm-hmm. and the one I picked today is Varvar, our friends um, from the Ukraine. Um, and the original design was based on natural rewilding, rewilding in Ukraine. This no longer feels appropriate. Uh, that's not me saying that. That's, um, so just a reminder for those of you who weren't here last week, the Restore, this is a collab that Garden Brewery is doing with 17 breweries in 17 countries, and it's the Restore Our Earth collab. Fast is raising awareness and funds for environmental initiatives focusing on impact, not headlines. Forest conservation, education, climate-resistant communities, marine conservations, reimagine carbon, food, and agriculture. And obviously, natural rewilding in Ukraine is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I get why they wanted to highlight that it's not doesn't feel appropriate, but this is what Varvar and them started out to do. Um, it's a the oak-aged vanilla and chocolate porter. Uh, 5.5%, the malts are Pale Ale Munich Type 2, Kara Munich 1, Kara Munich 3, Special W, Carafa 1, Carafa Special 3, Oat Flakes, the hops are Flex, and the yeast is AY4 with cacao nibs, cocoa powder, oak vanilla extract as adjuncts. Um, Speaking of actually putting all all the information on the tin, (laughs) um, but while I crack this and pour, um, tell me about your polys. Yeah, I... I've already had a sip of it because it just smelt so great just right out the can. Like it's got a very oh yeah, like deep caramel, like very Moorish, very malty smell to it. 
you could smell that light. You know, it's probably about a, a foot away from me. I can just still smell it. And yeah, just just slight bits of like fruit, sort of like um, hot stewed apple, that kind of smell. Ooh. Just like, just roasty and moorish. And a little earthy. It's got a nice colour to it. What you'd expect for a West Coast IPA. Just um, not quite amber, like deep orange. But yeah, it smells it smells divine. Taste-wise, I think this is the best West Coast IPA I've had in a very long time. I know they've seen a resurgence, especially this year, but... Wow, that's quite the... Yeah, even, even beyond this year, this is one of the best like West Coast IPAs I've had in a very long time. Now, I can't remember if we me... had many at the brewer, Craft Brewery Festival the other week. Uh, I, don't... I think I might have had one or two. There's definitely, it's definitely a style that's come back mm. with, with a bit of a swing in this, this latest year. I mean, because, what, five years ago, that's that's really what it was, but then... Then the New England IPA took over and sort of, mm-hmm. sort of like swung back around. But yeah, this is this is one of the best I've had in ages. Like maybe it's because I haven't had. Maybe it's because it's been such a long gap between mm. when West Coast IPAs were more of a thing, and now it only seems like the trend has started to go back upwards. But yeah, this is so good. I think it's those oats. I think it's. Mm. Because a lot of this is very bitter, so I mean, if you if you like very bitter beers, which I do, um, it's very good for that. If you don't, well, this might be too too much, you know, too much. Yeah. Now, what would be helpful if they put the IBU on the can? But if we're not even getting hops, I don't think we're going to get the oh, fair um, enough. IBU. Um, but but yeah, it's it, it's really bitter. But I think sometimes when beers are like really bitter sometimes it tastes like they have a really hard finish mm-hmm. and very very abrupt and not quite acrid but very harsh um sometimes when they're very bitter but i think the oats just smooth and round off that the end of the taste and it's just it it's not you know abrupt or jolting that right. that bitterness even though it is very bitter um you still getting a bit of the fruit um at the, at the front end of the taste, but it really has a really long-lasting bitterness. Oh, that um, sounds that does it. sound gorgeous. I'm I'm mm-hmm. salivating despite having a beer in front of me. Yeah, but even if that bitterness, um, as I say, it's rounded off and it, it's still refreshing. Like, don't feel compelled to take another sip. Not only because it's like got the long-lasting bitterness taste, but also because it is thirst quenching at the same time. Um, and yeah, it's got a nice deep earthiness to it as well, Ooh. which um, probably goes well with that uh, the the thicker uh, mouthfeel from the oats as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, just a really good mouthfeel from those oats, and yeah, it's it's got it's got a nice bit of body to it. Um, yeah, it's 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 a really good IPA. Uh, sorry, not IPA. Well, West Coast I mean, yeah, IPA. But... Yeah, I. I Oh, I might have to pick up some more of these. What, what was it called again? It's called Island in the Sun. Um, right. It's, like, it's got a nice can art, like some tropical Sort of plants, palm fronds. or ferns, yeah. Mm, yeah. But, yeah, that's a good one. Like, yeah, I mean, I just, when I go to the tropics, like, Pauline's, yeah, I'll just pick that up. It I know it's going to taste good, but... Yeah, there's one of those. Never words. in my... Yeah. You know, I, I, usually it's like, okay, I drink it, I enjoy it. Not really going to be, well, not usually it's going to be something that's like, oh, yeah, I'll remember this one, I'll write this one down, this one for sure, for a West Coast IPA. That's that's fantastic. Excellent. I really like that. I, oh, God damn it. I want more. <laughs> I mean, you have, finish that one first. <laughs> no. Need to, need to run to the shop right now. Uh, I definitely get that. Before, before they stop. Brewing this one, they probably already stopped brewing it. They probably just one batch and moved on to there. Yeah, that other, does seem to be what they beers. they tend to do as well, right? Um, mm-hmm. Which all the power, right? I get it. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is why we see such good churn, but that's also why you end up getting 
really quality beers from them because they're they're not ever sitting on their laurels. Yeah. Um, oh, it's so good. Is it? I I, I want to like, have like smell a vision, but taste. Taste of smell of vision. Taste of vision. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's really good. Oh yeah, I'm super <laughs> jealous. But uh, let me see how uh, what I've got compares. So this this is exactly what you'd mm-hmm. think. Five point five percent. I like that they've got oats in here for the same reason that we usually find lower ABV um, stouts and porters tend to have that you notice that thinness to the mouth yeah. texture. So having oats as the main malt or one of the malts, just one of them. Oat flakes, yeah. So that's probably just thickening. I'm guessing. It smells luxurious. Almost sickly sweet. You get the cacao nib mm. off of it, and a hint of the vanilla. It said uh, oak vanilla extract and oak aged vanilla. I don't know what oak aged vanilla is. If I'm honest, are you putting vanilla oak pods in a tree? In a, in a in a in a whiskey barrel and swirling it around. <laughs> yeah, like I know what oak aged is, and I know what vanilla <laughs> is, but I don't. Um... I don't you can look it up, I guess. Pods, I guess you can. Yeah. Um, while you look that up, I will. Yeah, this this nose is really excellent. Um, it poured with minimal head um, and just got, you know, a thin layer on top. Nice and dark. Oh, that is rich. Ooh. That first sip was really, really good. Um really nice light sweet finish and then burnt coffee undertones kick in like five seconds later there's this lovely moment of sweetness before you get the stand more standard uh portery finish mm-hmm. let's see what mm. so i don't know all of these malts but they are all doing a symphony together this is a very yeah complex but simple beer in the sense of i can't tell no you know I mean? you can pick out oh yeah it's, it's this type of malt or like the malts are doing this the malts are kind of doing a lot but it's really letting um this like i said this this sweetness that sits on top again it's still a very robust beer but the sweetness and i think it being heightened by that vanilla however it's aged um is really helping like just give this a really light feeling Yet being full bodied, I don't know how to explain mm-hmm. it. Like the mouth feel is a little thin, but again, those oat flakes, flakes are doing something. The initial taste, and even the, up until, like I said, the beginning of the finish, is just got this light sweetness, which sort of makes you think, "Oh, this is not so bad." And then you notice that you've kind of been distracted by it because it has this this full bodied, um, I would say, lightly roasted. Co- Cacao, co- um, sort of more chocolate than coffee, just uh-huh. a little bit burnt, and I think that's what's giving it more of that sweetness. Is, um, it is that I'm kind. Of, it's more chocolate than than coffee, and mo- all, mo- I've been having a lot of sort of very roasted stouts in the dark beers lately, and this is like kind of light in comparison. It's still a dark yeah. beer. It still has body and volume. But because it's leaning into that chocolate and that vanilla is sort of making it feel even sweeter, it's like this full body that, like, it's got this full body, but it's not like, oh, yeah, I am having this big mm, burst of strong campfire-y, you know, flavor. It's it's really quite delicate, yet full. Um, and like I said, the fact that that vanilla sweetness lasts throughout until, like, five ten seconds into the finish where it starts to get overtaken by the malts which are only slightly roasted but more i don't know how to describe it it's just like a full-bodied malt um this is really interesting yeah it it, it on one hand it feels like ah oh, yes a porter it's been a rainy day great on the other hand it's like ah oh, i could kind of have this in nicer weather because it's just thin enough in the mouthfeel yeah. and just light enough and sweet enough throughout most of the taste curve but you can hand it to someone who doesn't necessarily like darker beers and they'd be like oh i hmm well you said it what 5.5 percent mm-hmm. yeah. oh, I, I found out what um uh oak age vanilla is it's basically getting vanilla extracts and then just putting a oak spiral into it and then oh okay so it's it's literally vanilla 
Aged in oak. Aged, yeah, yeah. with a uh, with oak infused into it. Yeah. Um, on the spiral or stave, as I call it. So, cool. Um. Yeah, I think that's that's might be. I mean, I kind of really would like to know more about all these malts just to see what else, like which parts of the taste they're doing things. But this is really excellent. Um, like I said, easy to drink, but like not simple. Yeah. Ah. No. Um. So, anyway, what have you been playing, Lucy? You know, I've been playing. I've been playing. But neon to the viewers. <laughs> Uh, we don't care about them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Lucy, Lucy um, said the viewers. <laughs> uh, viewers, I've been playing Neon White. Um, and listeners, don't forget that. Um, yeah, I feel like they view us in spirit. Audience. You, uh, that's the you, yeah, format that's neutral the term. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Neon White, which... Uh, if you don't know, um, now you know. Um, so I'm really looking forward to you telling me what type of game it is. It's I'd call it a first-person action platformer. Would you call it a platformer puzzler or an yeah, act? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd I'd, I'd call it because that's like the, mm, the that's yeah. what I was curious about is whether you would you would highlight the puzzling because I mean I haven't played it but I've I've heard and read a bunch about it and. The yeah. yeah, I mean, you can, you can I, 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 I guess it. I guess it more is you know a puzzler rather than because the action is not like dynamic. It's more you know, okay, elevator pitches. You are it's it's a first person platforming game where you're flying through these levels. They're very quick, snappy levels. Like most of them, you know, just normal timing can be done in under thirty seconds. Um, the game's a lot about score chasing, there's friend leaderboards, it's global leaderboards, so there's that, but the aim of the game is like, it's very fast, it's it, it's quick paced, it, the aim is to get through the levels as quick as possible. There are four different um, tiers of medals, um, uh, you know, obviously bronze, silver and gold, and then the top one is called the ace medal, um, it's sort of like your S tier kind of. Weird. I wonder why they went with not S tier. Oh, is it because of cards? Platinum or something like that. Um, is it Ace like uh, Ace of Spades? Cause... No, no, okay. it's just Ace. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's a first-person platforming game, and you, you're the whole USP of it, I guess, is that you have these cards. Um, you pick up weapons on the way, uh, going through like these, these mini gauntlets, these mini platforming gauntlets. Um, and you pick up these cards, um, which, uh, each card represents a different weapon. So yellow cards represents pistol, uh, like, um, turquoisey teal cards, um, represent a rocket launcher, like purple cars represent uh, assault rifle and stuff like that, and the like the whole um, card base kind of weapon system is okay. You can use the weapon as you know in a traditional weapon, like so. Okay, so the pistol it, it fires off like you know very slow one shot at a time, the rocket launcher obviously launches rockets and stuff like that. Is it unloaded? But every card... Or do you no, have to reload? No. You, you, sometimes you can pick up other cards that uh, replenish your ammo, but right. it, it is finite. Um, so it's like if you unload a clip of like your your um, uh, machine gun, that's it. The card disappears if you use it all. Um, but the clever thing about it is, is that each card has a kind of um, ha- has another use. So if you burn the card, which is a separate button, if you just like, okay, I've I I I can use the card as a machine gun to mow down enemies. But each card has a kind of like um, sub option. Whereas if you burn the card, it gives you another ability. 
So if I burn the pistol card, it gives me a double jump. If I burn the rocket launcher, it will like it turns into a grapple and it grapples me over to, you know, these um like these points which I can grapple to. Um if you burn the card that means you use it and then it's gone. Um rather than, you know, use it as a traditional weapon and so, Using it until the um, ammo depletes. Um, so you can kind so, of use all the all but one ammo and then special move to maximize yeah, the card. Yeah, right. yeah. So I can, like, say, shoot an enemy if my um, rocket launcher, say I've got, like, three, three rockets in this launcher, I can use one, two, and then burn the card, and that will use the um, grapple. So, so, yeah, it's all this... I guess you could call it, like... Um, asset management, or whatever you want, like um. I mean, I think it's just resource management in general, right? Like resource management, rather. No, I, I mean, same same. Something different. Well, I, well, I think I'm talking about finance now. And oh no, that, that's boring. But anyway, that's <laughs> not fun at all. <laughs> Unlike me, I'm white. But uh, yeah, it's 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 all about resource management. It's um, it's very fast paced. So it's like. The levels are designed in a way, and the the order that you pick up cards is fluid and so well designed that you're not having to think too much about okay, which card should I use now? Which weapon should I use now? Which card should I burn? It's usually you're playing through the level, and the order that you pick up in the cards is the order that you should use them. Oh, it's so so like, it's it's like yeah, there's. There isn't mm-hmm. a like puzzly optimize. There is, there is, there is. Uh, like, oh, so I was just say uh, on the face of it to just pass the level. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. Now, have you how far in the game have you have you finished it? Or are you halfway ish? Um, I think I'm in the last third of it. Okay. So there are there are different sets of missions there. I don't know if there's about twelve missions or something like that. Um, I think I've just wrapped up mission eight. Right. Moving on to mission nine, there's not much left. Um, I was just asking because sometimes games, you know, they feed you the answer for the first like third, and then they start making you work. But it sounds like the, no, the basics yeah. of the level is just always going to be like, hey, yeah, it'll yeah. be okay. Like when I spoke to you and um, the rest of the uh, Discord channel about about the game when I was early on, I was saying it's it's not about challenge on the surface as you say it's it's more i'm zipping through these levels i'm it's a breeze to be honest and it's like okay i'm enjoying this the levels are laid out in a way where it's like i don't have to do a lot of switching a lot of thinking it's just basically can do i have the ability to pull this off Mm. i don't really have to think about um you know having to pick up these cards or how to, you know, which ones to switch and stuff like that. It's more, can you, you know, implement what the game wants you to do? Can you get through the level? It's not really about challenge. The challenge comes in when it, it's usually, it's on yourself, basically. The game doesn't ask you to, like, you know, optimize routes or anything like that. It, it's pretty straightforward to get from A to B and finish a level. Right. To to um, progress to um, other missions and stuff like that, you need a gold medal minimum to like rank up. There's this ranking system, and every time you get a gold medal, you rank up. Um, and in order to do get a gold medal, it's like usually I get a gold medal on my first run anyway. So okay. It's not challenging. The, the times that you can do like it, it, it you know it, it links it, it ranks all the different times for the different medals and it's usually you're coming in you know multiple seconds like maybe five three four seconds below at least you know silver right so it's not so it's usually okay if you don't get gold on your second on your first run you're gonna get it on your second run because it's it's not that hard right the i guess the challenge and the fun in it comes in you wanting to just continually get better and shave seconds off your time 
look at the global leaderboards if you want to. I'm not too fussed about that. I'm more just like, okay, I I know I can do this quicker. I know right. that I can do this better. I want to do it because of that. And yeah, the the game even gives you like hints. I was going to ask about that. Show cause... you the optimal route. Yeah. And I was like, I don't like this. Can I turn it off? And I had to like look on Reddit to to see how to turn it off. It's it's maybe I'm just dumb because it's just like okay on the like summary at the end of the screen you can like turn off like show hints and stuff like that. I just didn't see that, but I wish right. that was highlighted a bit more. Yeah, so but... that happens to me all the time in games, mm-hmm. and it's like just because it's there doesn't mean it's like functionally seeable. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, so, but lucky enough, I found it early enough um, after like a mission or two. And I was like, I want to, the enjoyment I'm getting out of this is, is doing like, the routing and yeah, finding exploring and figuring it out yourself. Right. Yeah. And that's where like, okay, I might have to use cards out of orders. I might have to use a different ability on the card. I might have to burn a card instead of using it on a weapon or vice versa. And that's where it's still very intuitive. Like, the order that you pick up cards but that is where you know um the resource management and right. you know and drill tr- and implementation come into play a bit more yeah right so it's so it's like hey if you just pick up the cards and use the cards you'll get through and if you do that you know without flubbing yeah. much you'll get gold that's kind of the but then to yeah. To, yeah. to do the ace or to do, just to beat that goldish time frame you're gonna have to laterally think or try different things or maybe go i presume there's got to be some weird shortcuts and stuff that you can yeah, figure out yeah. in the maps and stuff right precisely yeah and i'm probably using the sh- shortcuts that most people know i'm sure there's insane ways because the, the movement and the physics in this game there's a lot of tech to it so i imagine like speed runners i mean it's quite ironic i'm playing it when like gdq is on um i imagine gdq in like january <laughs> right. this is going to be on the on the docket and people are going to be doing insane things that i couldn't even it, thought of because the, te- the tech in this game is just insane the movement tech and the speed tech is it's crazy but it sounds like it ramps the right way so it's kind of like i mean this is yeah. not a disparaging remark but like baby's first speedrunner in the sense of like <laughs> yeah. it makes you get why this is appealing and also it gives you the tools to feel like you're doing that even if so long as you don't look at like oh these people you know the people who do this for a living will obviously like figure out more things but you can see how that sort of at least the the non the glitch free speed running um area of speed running this is like yeah. a, a taster for hey because that's like the premise of i'd say the, the meta game sort of the the, the reason mm-hmm. why you would want to keep playing this game it doesn't sound like is just to do the levels once and get through the game. That doesn't yeah. seem like the yeah. point. Absolutely. It's like, I mean, when when you consider that I've not aced, if not aced, like got gold on every single level, well, not every single level, most levels, probably right. 90% of them first time round, and levels take, what, 20 seconds? <laughs> you know? Right. And I've been playing this game for 20 hours. <laughs> uh-huh. so, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it shows that it's like the enjoyment in this game is, you know, trying to get better better times and um, optimizing levels and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's 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 really good. Uh, it's yeah, as you say, baby's first speed running game, I guess. I, I but, mean, I um, said that with all the kindness no, no, yeah, and like yeah, yeah, no, because because it's a really approachable one. Like um, because I played the demo because I wasn't sure whether. You know, I get on with um, not only my motion sickness, but like I'm playing on the Steam Deck, and it's like, do I need to? Is this game locked out of me because I'm not very good at mouse and keyboard? Mm. Do I need to play on that? But it's like, no, and it's 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 fine on, you know, on controller. Um, on, on controller on joysticks. It's it's very responsive. It's, not, it's I didn't even have to like toggle like any of the settings because I imagine on the Steam Deck. Um, the settings are default to mouse and keyboard, and it's not. Yeah, you, know, you can play on controller, but it's probably not optimized for controller. Let's say you might have to go into the settings or something like that. But I didn't have to. It's like 
everything just felt responsive, like nice. swinging the camera around and everything like that. And it runs like a dream on Steam Deck, like no oh. slowdown or no hitching, no, nothing wrong with the frame rate. It's it's excellent. Um, uh, so but yeah, you don't need to be. I mean, obviously, if you want to, you know, get number one spot or <laughs> in the global leaderboards, you probably need to play on mouse and keyboard. But that shouldn't be, um, you know, uh, shouldn't preclude you from playing it if you're only playing it on on console, right. um, especially when the the character is floaty, and I usually that's meant as a you know pejorative, but mm-hmm. it's not in this case. It it you have a kind of like what do they call it? I think they call it like coyote time in like games where it's like okay, you you do something a second off, but the game accounts for that, and it just it makes it seem seamless. Right like when you do a late jump, but it's like no, it gives you that little bit of oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah. This is floaty, and it feels like it's accounted for like just degrees of imprecision where it's like okay we know you meant to do that we're just gonna do it for you anyway um it's like local net code yeah (laughs) yes but but yeah it it feels like it's so intuitively designed to like cater to the player and it's like uh, you know just just be a bit more forgiving but that that kind of floaty uh you know gravity to the character means that it's a bit more forgiving and you can like you know move in midair and like change your direction change your momentum and stuff like that where whereas like in games where it's like okay just heavy gravity to the character it's like you can't you know um change something up you know during the movement it's like you're very committed to it whereas this it's like yeah you spend a lot of the time floating in the air and stuff like that and you can um maneuver you know very easily um even once you've committed so so yeah it's 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 very approachable in that way that sounds great i had two questions one Mm -hmm. was um uh in so there's enemies but from what i understand they're like they don't like move around so much no they're pretty static um but is that a a clearing condition uh, yes, you have to kill all the enemies yeah, okay. in the level. Um, um, otherwise, it, it doesn't count as, you know, it's a DNF. Um, right. Um, yeah, it, it, some of the... A lot of the characters are static. A lot of them don't move. They Some of them will shoot at you and stuff like that. But yeah, you have to you have to kill all the demons, as they're called, in the level. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, it's all about optimizing, okay... Instead of going over here to kill that one, can I snipe him from over here? And mm. gosh, there are such there are some really good levels where it's like you feel like a genius when you've figured it out. It's like okay, I don't have to go all the, all that way and do this, you know, extra part of the gauntlet. I can like just snipe him from like over here. And like I, I think on one level, I got an ace medal straight away and. The character usually has like um that you that you're playing as. I'll get to the story in a bit. Mm, that was um, my second question. So that's you, 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 yeah. you preempted All me. All the bad parts, and I guess. But uh, the character has like a little quip, and um, when I got an Ace Medal first time round, it, it was like yeah, free free sixty no scope or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's that just nice. feels great. That's funny, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this story. Oh, I wish I had, you know, hundred percent good things to say about this game, but hey, nothing can be perfect. No, but this is not the fact where it's not perfect. It's very imperfect. It's, mm. At first, it was like, okay, this is very inoffensive. It's just like, there, who cares? Very meh. It's anime, and I don't like anime, but it's not the fact that it's anime why I think this is so bad. I mean. This game was made by uh, Ben Espedito, who made Donut County. And it's like, some of the writing in Donut County was a little bit meme a bit text-speak and stuff like that. But overall, I enjoyed it. If if someone, you know, just came up to me on the street and said, what do you think of Story in Donut County? I'd have positive things to say about it. It's like, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed, you know, some of the writing gave me a chuckle and stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. I was going to say, yes. I really enjoyed the writing of Donut County, so I wasn't yeah. expecting... Because yeah. you're not the only one who has had things to say about yeah. the the narrative of this yeah. game. Of the, of the small uh, amount of people that I've heard talk about this game, I'm not alone in saying it, but whereas, whereas it started off as like inoffensive and just very meh, I'm I'm compelled to like read the story, and I have I haven't skipped over any of the dialogue. You can skip it, but I'm like, okay, I'll I'll I'll, I'll do it so I can at least have an opinion about it. Um, and it's just it's like I can't believe it's written by the same person. It feels like he made the game, made an excellent game, and then it's like, okay, we gotta just shove in a story, you know? And it feels like he got his like cousin who's like GCSE level uh, English literature student to write it. It's mm. just really bad. It's like none of it brings any weight or or any substance to this story. It's like, because it's, um, you know, it's labeled as like kind of a semi-dating sim where it's like, okay, the characters that you're speaking with, you can bring them gifts. There's, there's like a present hidden in every level. Uh-huh. And it's like, okay, I've gotten all of those because it's like just a extra reason to replay the level and, and why not? do it's a different good. route. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. And get, giving someone a gift, it either unlocks a piece of dialogue with them or a side quest. And it's like, okay, I want to do side the side quest. quest. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I now understand the conundrum it is conjuring for you. Yeah. Yeah, because like, I want to do the side quest because they each have a, depending on the character that you give the gift to, they each have their different spin on it. Like some levels you cannot use the burn ability of the cards or some levels oh, wow. it's like you have to avoid all these different kinds of traps and stuff like that. And those are, you know, just as well designed as the rest of the levels. But the dialogue that is unlocked when you give them a gift is just so pointless. It's like Oh, you're baking a cake with this character. They 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 got eggshell in the cake. Oh no! Fucking shoot them. And <laughs> I want to shoot all the characters. <laughs> I hate the protagonist. There's nothing redeeming about him. And and there's like it's not even like like salacious or saucy or titillating. This this kind of dating sim part of it is just yeah. I it's wanna... like. It's like it's like someone like early internet teenager writing like some neon white fanfic, and it's like it's really bad and really basic, and it's like I can't believe it's written by the same person who wrote Donut County. I I couldn't. So I heard a lot of good buzz about it um, before I found out about the dating sim part, and I was just like, it's really bad. Yeah, it's really bad. I'm ho- it's like it's something like Hades that we both played. It's like that was okay. I enjoyed those characters. And I, I enjoyed the like the 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 more deep angles of like reuniting the lovers mm-hmm. and and like going deeper with specific characters because you're interested and like I'm not yeah. going to 100 percent this game. So I, there was an opportunity cost of like who what where will I sort of spend mm-hmm. my resources on the narrative side and i liked that but that was so well written and even yeah. the yeah. even this like oh i was hoping like even if it's just like three screens of dialogue was always like yep that was worth it i never felt yeah. like oh i fucking use my resource on that <laughs> yeah it, it, it provided good flavor text whereas this is it's nice to get a bit of downtime in between the levels i guess but it's just it's bad yeah. and it, i'm coming off like you know, after playing like Citizen Sleeper, which is probably the best writing in a video game that I've seen. Uh, you reminded me about that game. Yeah. And that game, Citizen Sleeper, has very good art, whereas these characters are just like Oh I mean this is very glare anime. It's, I think that so I think the art style is a choice to like conjure up Dreamcast era anime JRPG nonsense. Just yeah. because I, I like it's like that two D two D kind yeah. of inky, mm-hmm. very yeah. retro retro. Oh god, yeah, Dreamcast is retro, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I think that's intentional. Like, yeah. 
PS1, Dreamcast kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the look of the levels. Like, that looks like something out, out of a like PlayStation 1 game, and the music does as well. It sounds like, like I don't know, wipeout music. <laughs> it's just, that look is great, but like, the the, the interstitials of the cartoon, the anime characters and stuff like that, it's all bad. It's it's yeah, it doesn't help if saying, you don't at like at first it was at first it was inoffensive, but now I just think it's it's straight up bad and distracting me from you know the actual good game because there have been some revelations in like the story now because it's mm-hmm. all set in like apparently you've you've died and you're in like sort of like purgatory and you get a chance to go up to heaven and you're basically killing demons for the chance it's sort of like uh battle royale uh, mm. film. 1999 film or whatever it's like you're all competing to get to the top and ascend to heaven but it's like that's an interesting setup it's just everything in between that is awful and it seems like you know i'm at the point where it's like okay everything's gonna wrap up in the story soon and actually find out what's going on it's sort of like the truman show-esque kind of thing Mm. that's not a spoiler i mean you can tell it, it hints to that very early in the game but it just seems like every every piece of dialogue prior to where I am now has just been utterly pointless. You know, I hate the characters. I won't no. remember it. Be- it's only because they're called like neon white, neon yellow, neon red. Why I'll actually remember their names. <laughs> but will you remember which one was white, yellow, or red though? No. Yeah. So then, all... then you then you just remember a list of colors. I don't think that counts. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're all they're all char- caricatures and tropes and. Like the anime, the, the 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 young anime girl who likes blood and stuff like that. It's just like, oh my god, yeah, yeah. It's 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 really no, bad. no, no. <laughs> but otherwise, the game is fantastic. Uh, how <laughs> how? <over> that. <laughs> so it's. I don't like that side quests are in the same functional you, you path. Skip, you can skip all the dialogue. Unfortunately, you have to like keep pressing X and stuff like that. It's like a Metal Gear game where it just Yeah, I mean that 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 I am not point. surprised by. But But yeah. I I think there should be you'll, with speedrunners especially, like this game will be patched so it's just like arcade play all the levels. Right. No dialogue cuz even though it's fun watching speedrunners like doing quick menuing no one wants to do that with this game. <laughs> oh, yeah. until you find out that there's a glitch that lets you like bounce th- like <laughs> through a dialogue it's tree or something. Level, yeah, yeah and then then you're like, yeah, we'll do it again. <laughs> I'm invested in skipping this stuff. Yeah. Uh, that sounds great. I, it's it's. I almost bought it um, mm-hmm. earlier today, and then I was like. Do I have the time? Uh, and now I'm literally have Steam open and I'm staring at my cart. Yeah, I it, it I will say it's a really good game to like. Like even though it, you're laser focused on it, I this is the game that I've played where it's like sometimes like you know I can't I I'm focused on a game I can't even listen to a podcast or anything like that. Mm. I've been so I've been like listening to podcasts like and heard everything these people have said and absorbed it all just because it's like neon white has just become like subconscious when you're doing the level it becomes subconscious so it's like you can still like watch a tv show or listen to a podcast while doing this it's like a completely different it's just muscle memory at this point where it's like it's that part of your brain it's not the part of the brain where it's like needing cognitive thought like at the forefront of your mind that's it's just great. subconscious. Yeah. So it's like you could, you know, listen to a I don't know, uh a podcast all about craft beer and video games. Yeah, you could listen to a uh audio book about something. <laughs> and and you'd be like, Yeah, I know exactly what happened to I don't know, Captain Wentworth in Persuasion or something like that. Or oh good poll. It's a very bad book. I hate that. Um, <laughs> I've never, I've never uh, read, read it. Play me on right instead. <laughs> no, I, my problem now is I'm looking at my Steam card and suddenly Citizen Sleeper has popped into it as well. Oh, that's on Game Pass. Is it? Oh, I couldn't find it. Is it on PC Game Pass? It didn't show up on my. 
Because we've had this problem. We we had this problem before where it was like, oh no, it's not on PC Game Pass. It's one of the. Is it not? I, I, I mean, I, I might be wrong. I just I, I did. I mean, I was trying to not ignore you entirely. No, oh, no, it's totally on Game Pass. Like I'm just blind. It just right. yeah, it's definitely on here. Cool. Yeah, wow. that's wow. All I, I mean, now you yeah, sold me on buying Neon White. Mm-hmm. Purchase for yeah. myself. I mean, I've saved you money. Yeah, but yeah, I think he. I think he'd really enjoy Neon White. That sounds like my kind of nonsense. Yeah, yeah. You can hear me yeah, typing in my in PayPal information. <laughs> I mean, it took me literally. I wonder if I could just like send you the files for the demo because it took me like less than five minutes to be like, I know I want this. I, I, I this is great. But um, yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake! I used the wrong PayPal account. And they're like, your billing address doesn't look like it matches up with your current country. Please contact support. <laughs> it's I, it's me. I'm trying to give you money. For fuck's sake. Um. Well, wow, we've we've cruised through the hour. I know. Yeah. Uh, how what do have I... you been playing? Well, yes. What have I been playing? Uh, I haven't actually played many video games. I've had like a reasonably busy week of. <sighs> boring health stuff don't worry i'm fine um and uh and three stand-up comedy gigs um which uh for those of you who are new to the podcast is a thing that i've been involved in on the tech slash admin side running a show help running a show for the past four years but not really been um on the stage that much uh but now i'm i this thanks this past week i've doubled my number of gigs because I had three, and then I had six. Um, and that was fun, and it went well. Um, but other than that, I've been kind of only at the computer for work reasons. Except, of course, for First Looks, where I played a little game. Oh, I had Steam. Ah, oh, there we go. I was like, I had Steam up so I could read the description. And then I started buying a game, and then PayPal yelled at me. Uh, a game called uh, Gordian Quest, um, which we got the code from the publisher. So thanks for that. Uh, and it is a um, an epic deck building RPG inspired by old school classics like Ultima and D anD D, using modern gaming concepts like roguelite elements and turn based strategic combat. Lead and nurture parties of heroes, forge bonds, and discover new skills among them. Guide them to unravel mm. the curses laid upon the lands. Blah 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 blah. Basically, you start the game and you can pick from one of like um maybe fourteen, maybe twelve characters. Which are your standard classes like warrior, rogue, bard, mage, blah blah? blah. They have different names, but um, yeah. but it tells you that you're only picking your main character, and then you will like accrue others along the way. And in my first two hours, I was already at a party of four, I think maybe three. So it's not like a huge decision, um, but uh, basically, it is roguelite. But you, there's like a there's skirmish mode where you're like doing online stuff. Uh, then there's like a roguelike survive for as long as you can. And then there's the oh. campaign, which is like you show up at a town and they're like, we're overrun by the undead and uh, we want you to help because you see you seem capable on your way in. Classic, classic RPG trope, right? I'm walking into the town and then a guard comes and says, watch out, there's zombies. And then you kill them together. And they're like, you yeah. should come with me to the guild hall because we could use your help. And then they're like, you... Have somehow become our top guy. Go kill all these people and get a rest, you know restore our storehouse. But it's reasonable. I really like the art style for one. It's like um, you know a lot of and like just two D sprites popping in and out. Very you know classic Ultima D and D style, but like really well detailed, good good solid um, aesthetic. Uh, and basically, the combat system is. It's like a grid of, I want to say, four rows and, sorry, and, sorry, four columns and, like, seven Mm -hmm. rows. They're kind of offset, but basically you have a grid of circles and you will start halfway in the circles and that'll be your sort of space and the enemies will sort of be on the other side of space. Um, And then, like, the, the, the ranger can shoot forward. 
uh, and most mostly most of the time you can hit anyone in your row or one above or one below. And then you, as you do moves, you accrue special points. Like so, you have three action points at the beginning of a turn. Uh, you have initiative because it's D and D, so certain character classes will have an initiative, and then it literally rolls a D twenty for each character, bad guys and good guys, and then adds their initiative modifier, and then that shows the turn order. And you can see exactly what they're going to do and where, which means you can um, be like, "Oh, that guy's going to attack in front of me, and like my weak character's there, so I want to end that weak character. So I need to move that character somewhere else. So I'm going to do two, do two moves and earn." a special point a spe- point to which will conjure up a move a shift card and shift them but you don't you know those don't always come by so you kind of kind of want yeah but you do have roguelike elements where you are guard so you can play cards like, like dodge which builds five guard but the guard and the sp kind of last battle to battle so if you plan it right and you have like your sort of less aggressive classes can just sort of stock up movement points and then you can only you if you if you're sort of more cautious that means in a really bad fight you can kind of make sure they never get hit by using up the points you stored up from previous battles but then it's basically like i played as a warlock so they had magic attack can shoot anything and then they can do bleed damage burn damage chill damage very similar all these things but it's it's all based on a deck mm-hmm. so each character has a deck um, so yeah. after you have your initiative, you, you first character is up, and you'll be like, okay, I have five cards, and I have three action points, and they all have costs, and I want to do them strategically in the right order, and, you know, kind of like that card game I think you watched me stream with, like, the, the oh, animals. Yeah, the, one, the animals, yeah. Yeah, uh, so... Ver- fun. Yeah, very similar sort of layout as that, but a little more complex um, battle system, because you're, you sort of get multiple character classes right away and they have very extensive things. But what's really interesting, what I liked is there's a level of complexity right off the bat, which is you pick your character and then you can, it says, choose your starter deck. And then there's four different decks you can pick. One is the like all around warlock. The other one's like bloodbender or whatever. And it's like all, it's a third of the same cards as the warlock class starter deck but also a bunch of cards which are like specifically blood bleed related so bleed status effect related and then there's like um a totem thing where it's like you conjure up traps and totems on at, into spaces um and they'll and basically if something jumps into them they'll get bleed damage by being in that square so you can kind of preempt the the enemy's movements and so almost every class has a kind of a environmental subcategory but basically, it's kind of like WoW and all these other games where there's like three different specializations. And when you first pick a character, you can pick all around or pick specializations. And as you level them up, you can get cards from... You, you basically spend a skill point in your skill tree to unlock new card. And then you're like, I want a new card from this specialization. And you get a random one. So you're not sort of guaranteed to get the op- ult- ultimate build because it's still you know RNG like D&D always is. Um, it's really fun, and the story was nothing to write home about so far, but like mm. intriguing enough because I don't know what's going on. And it there's four continents, and then a weird portal. It shows you the world map. Clearly, the campaign is that long, uh, and I'm curious about it, and I'll probably play more of it. I know we're, you know, near the end of the episode, so I don't want to talk too too much about it. But basically, I mean, it looks like you could talk. I mean, it looks very dense mechanically. So. Yeah. Uh, basically, I don't want to go too deep because then I'll just talk for 20 minutes. But yeah. what I like about it is it's very easy to apprehend, but there's clearly, like, even in the first hour, I was like, oh, I could see, I, I could start seeing the interplay between um, characters. And um, it looks like as you level up, you might get skills that will make, like, interact with other players, uh, other characters, like, so cross skills, which I'm really interested in. Um, but what I really like is just like just the flexibility off the top. So like I ended up picking uh, the ranger class to be turret rather than just like there's like sniper and traps. And then there's just like put down a giant artillery and it'll shoot something and then chain anything like adjacent to it will also get hit. 
uh, and then it has cards that are like improved ammo for my turrets. And so like the siege weapon is good against groups and the um, arrow weapon turret is good against single hits, but you can kind of, and they, but they just stay there and they aggro enemies. And like, that's a really interesting way of like mages want to kill it. And so you're not getting any damage because that's going away at the end of the thing. So there's some like a couple times I just threw a turret down as like a distraction because I figured out that the AI would want to kill it, and then I wouldn't have to. I, I didn't need to use it as a weapon. I used it as a as a trap, which I found really interesting, just because I learned a bit about the AI. So it's like a very deep mechanical system. Um, I'm also curious about. So you earn something called renown, and you can spend that on getting artifacts and like upgrades, basically. But you can also earn renown in the like roguelike runs, which I think is a really interesting way of tying the modes together. Because then it's like, oh, I'm actually not doing well in the campaign. Well, you can just instead of being like like grinding the same shitty campaign levels, you can do the other stuff, which will have their own layers of randomness, so it shouldn't be boring, and that will still give you rewards that will help you get past further in campaign which i think as long as it's not needed to do that is a really nice way of avoiding the rpg grind of oh my skill level doesn't quite match where the game is and now i just have to bash my head against it and hopefully level up instead i can just do something else for a while and then it'll help me level up um but yeah that's gordian quest uh i I recommend it for anyone who likes turn-based strategy and cardi games um Mm-hmm. It's, this is definitely one of those. Yeah, but the art style is great. I really, I really. Yeah, and like I said, have being able to get that many characters off the start, but also know that like you'll find them along the way is a really nice touch. I don't know if the ones you find on the way are randomized or whether it's like you will always unlock the cleric. Um, but even then, it was really fun to be like, oh, it's my third character. If I was doing this run for optimization. I would use the cleric as a healer because I have no healing capacity. But instead, I'm going to go super aggro because the stream is ending in 20 minutes and who cares? Um, but also, you could probably do that. Like, I, th- I don't think it didn't feel, at least in the rest of the my the rest of that run or my time with the game because it wasn't a run um, that I was going to get punished for not doing the safe route of get a tank, get a healer, etc. Yeah, so I really, I really enjoyed it. I'm going to play more of it, um, which doesn't always happen when i do a first looks obviously and so yeah good game would recommend um if you're only um yeah I, I, i'm very intrigued by the characters there's like animals yeah like i picked the <laughs> warlock which fair, seems to be yeah. like a cat man yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone else is a human and the warlock's like i'm inexplicably a cat don't yeah, ask this woman just turned into like a a kind of bear slash yeah, that's the druid class. Mountain lion yeti. Yeah, yeah, the druid classes. <laughs> I, so I was really split between druid class because then I could change into things or warlock. Which uh, again, I called it. I'm like, oh, it's because it says each of the classes complexity one, two, or three stars. And I'm like, ah, I'm on the like very beginning. I'm like warrior complexity one. I'm like, oh, complexity three stars. I guarantee you, I'm not going to pay attention to that and be like, this is the class I'm interested in the most, and it'll be number three. And sure enough, warlock was number three. And then I was like, maybe I'll play a number two, which was druid, because that sounds cool too. I was like, nah, I want to. I mean, Ida level three druid turned yeah. into Ida level three bear form. So. Oh, so yeah, yeah. so I did, I did Druid, um, was was like this close. I, if I was to start again, I would start as a Druid, I think, just to see because I didn't bump into it. But again, that's the nice thing is I it pretty much telegraphs that by the end you'll be able. I'm sure, assuming you'll have a limited number of characters to take. I doubt you're gonna have all twelve, um, because that would use up all your spaces like i actually noticed that because i i had played a level with two npcs um my my main character and two uh two on my team and i was like oh i can't move and then on on the map there were obstacles like we had barricaded ourselves and it was like oh i can't do a lot of moving especially if i suddenly drop a turret oh this is super interesting because like i what happens when if a level has it has waves of enemies so as you kill the enemies more ones just run in so you're always on the mm-hmm. same static map 
but you might have to kill yeah. 20 guys. It's just you're going to kill them three at a time, which I like because yeah. it keeps the core strategy simple in the sense of you have to conserve your resources, but you're never like, I'm not going to get overwhelmed by there's five guys in a row hitting this one person. They're just going to die, yeah. right? So anyway, that's uh, Gordian yeah, Knot. What, 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 hmm? what I really like, um, I didn't see your uh, quick look what I'm watching. It's just like the, the footage on like Steam. Mm. What I really like, just from an accessibility standpoint, is that when you click on a card, it just draws this really big fat arrow onto where you want to put it. And it's like, I like that. So yeah. you can just so, clearly see so... what you're applying it to. You've brought my my biggest complaint, which isn't a big one, but like, mm-hmm. so you click on a card and it starts an arrow, and then you you go and you drag that your mouse, and that's like, where do I want to clink it? Um, but you see how all the people are standing on circles. Mm-hmm. Guess what the hitbox for using a card is? Is it? Is it the actual character itself? No. It should be. It should be the circle and the character. Instead, it's just yeah. the circle. So I drag it to my dude, uh, and then I'm okay. like, what's going on? Okay, that's not as good. Yeah. That's I mean, it, it, it clearly <laughs> should... Like, when you ha- touch the circle, the circle changes color. I'm mm-hmm. going to use this card on this. But then you're like... But the first few... Like, first time I did it, I was very confused, because the circle would bling up, and then I'd go to the chest or the head, and then the circle would stop being. And I was like, oh, am I not allowed to use... I literally said on stream, oh, am I not allowed using this card on this person? I'm pretty sure it's Dodge. What am I doing wrong? And it... it, it, So that was... was, so close. Yeah. really good. And there's... (laughs) Basically, I fought with the UI in a couple of small places, which was like, again, I I feel like maybe they had limited QA testing, and were too worried about bugs, but the UI is just... Just like that type of cumbersome in a few other places, and it was just like uh, this is. I don't. I, I'm not trying to be nitpicky, but this is just like you so easily solvable and should yeah, just be. And considering it was in early access, you would have thought these things would have been picked caught. up. Yeah, finally. yeah. So, but yeah, well, I mean, if they're in early access, they they know how to patch the game. So it's like yeah. I mean, know, this is this is version one point um, But I, I yeah, I was a bit disappointed with those things because again, those are mm-hmm. very easy. Yes. But also, yeah. Um, same with like, like if you click on a character in the row, it shows their deck mm-hmm. if they're one of yours. Um, but then when you click away, you're still in, under that person, even though it's not their turn. And there's the only way to get to the character who's active is to go click on their face at the beginning of the turn row. Which, again, I feel like click on a person, hover over their cards, click anywhere on the map, reset me, is a very simple thing that would be intuitive. Or hit escape. Mm-hmm. Escape doesn't do it, right? Like some sort of not, oh, hunt them on the line again. Uh but what I do like is most of the weird keywords, as you hover over a card, pop up in a tooltip to the right. What does bleed mean? What does burn mean? Versus, like, some games were like, chill for four, and you're like, ah, what does that do again? <laughs> I haven't used this card in a long time. Um, but, yeah, so there's upgrading cards and all that stuff, but it's real fun. Um, yeah, so, Lucy... You said it was your favorite West Coast IPA. Do you stand by that now that it's gone? It's not all gone. Oh, impressive. Wow. Very, very easy to... To nurse? Yeah, to nurse. Plus, I was babbling on about neon white. Yeah, that's fine. But yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's really good. It's really good. It's really... I'm going to pick up a few more of these if I can on my next visit Mm. to the beer shop. Because... Yeah, just really first quenching. It's it's got a really nice bitterness. I think I've acclimated to that as I've been drinking it, and it's just still got a you know decent long lasting taste. Um, yeah, nice and earthy, nice and juicy, Moorish, just all the good things that you can get in beer. Very good. How's the um the port, uh it it kind of stayed exactly where it, i described mm-hmm. it i think it the it melded a bit more together by the end as my palate got mm-hmm. accustomed to it um so that oaky vanilla was sort of 
filled in a bit was less sort of on top as i described it and just is more of the taste so really like that um again that it just has this nice rich chocolatey character to it without being chocolate um and all, all those malts are just 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 kind of nice just a really easy to drink porter but not one that's like simple um i would f- fully recommend getting the oak age vanilla and chocolate porter from varvar and garden brewery um yeah, uh, really excellent, especially for someone if someone's like on the fence with dark beers. I think that would go really well because it's definitely a dark beer, but it isn't. It doesn't have, have like it's really much closer to the chocolate than the coffee, and also there's like no real roasted notes to it. It's much more on the sweet side, especially being balanced out with that vanilla. So if you are worried about like acridity, you're not going to find it in this porter. Um, which is great. And, yeah. and anyone who's on the fence about dark beers in general, just drink anything from Eastern Europe and that's, you that's very anymore because they're great. Yeah, yeah they know and what they they're doing. They do them best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that'll do us for this episode. Um, if, if people wanted to harass you slash mm-hmm. find out good strats for Neon White, how would they reach you, Lucy? Or hit me up on Steam. I need people to compare my leaderboard to um uh it's juicy loose nine everywhere yeah uh, i'm, at I'm the... gonna get my steam code because uh i want to drop that in a forum my friend for similar sad people like me who want to compare me on white scores amazing have no friends <laughs> great great um and then and then i'll i'll realize that it's like oh I'm very bad at this game, and then I'll just unfriend them all. So. Yep. <laughs> Man, they could give you strats. No, I want to be the best. <laughs> with no help. Yeah, with yeah. no help and no skill, <laughs> playing with controller <laughs> on the platform oh. that's meant to be mouse and keyboard. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely going to be like, oh yeah, here's a strat, use a fucking real controller yeah, device. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, input device is what I meant to say. PC mm. Master Race. Yeah, yeah apparently the um, switch times on Switch are lower, mm. so it's like um, or higher rather. This there are yeah, yeah, I, I got you. I meant that. Yeah, they're adjusted for crappy little <laughs> Fisher Price Switch. <laughs> nice. Bit of big boy PC. The Switch. Yeah, baby's mm. first Steam Deck. <laughs> yes, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me and my quips at the Omniarch. You can find us at Tanked Up Cast. Uh, please, if you enjoyed uh, this or have stuff to tell us all, you can reach us at tankedupcast at gmail.com. Uh, we are, uh, as a part of the Out of Lives Network, you can see our, our all our stuff, including, um, my first look vods and and other um articles and stuff in pop cultural ephemera at outoflives.net or find us on youtube at out of lives network and here on twitch out of lives network um yeah that's all the places uh if you're on twitch thanks for tuning in um like subscribe follow do all the things stay tuned cuz you get to watch the next episode right away while our friends on YouTube can comment with an emoji whether you like the fact that you have to wait three days when Twitch doesn't. Uh, that's called interaction. We want it because it helps on the algos. Um, that's us for this week. Ciao. Uh, bye.